everybody welcome back uh it's been a minute um welcome to a new episode of the og are you entertained podcast i'm trey lesio alongside the homie brandon ogden virtually of course uh it feels like it's been a minute i know i say that every time it's been a long time but i i say that because uh it feels a little different this time a lot has happened between now and our last podcast um, I think it's been over a month. No, I think we're trying to go on like a monthly basis now, but it feels like it's been a little bit more than that. Um, I purposefully have taken a little hiatus from setting up and providing podcasts because I need some time to reflect on the world right now. Um, I also believe that the online and social space needs to be filled with more important things than our pop culture podcast right now. Um, however, in times of darkness, I think it's good to have some light. We hope to provide a little bit of that light today. Um, as always, we'll break down the latest in music, movies, TV, and sports. But first, um, I think Brandon, of I, Brandon and I have agreed that we want to take a moment to speak on some real shit and um, talk about that. So first of all, Brandon, what's up? How's it going? Uh, you know, living the dream. So we so normally it's it like this podcast is a good time where we come together, but it feel, I saw you a little bit ago, so it doesn't feel like I, I, I don't miss you as much as <laughs> this podcast. So, um, so yeah, but, um, I, do you want the floor first or how do we want to do this? Uh, sure. Let me just piggyback with what you said. Uh, cause I think it's important, uh, that we took a break. Um, we readily admit that we are two white guys um, that I think we both feel have great privilege uh, in our lives. Um, and our two voices aren't necessarily the voices that need to be heard right now. Um, have you seen the Dave Chappelle, uh, the 846 special? I have. I have. Yep. So I've watched it like three times. Um and it's one of the most impressive half hours. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the right word for it. Right. Half hour videos I think I've ever seen. Um, for, for someone, I, like I felt like what he was saying is like thoughts that I had. Like there were so many times he would like bring something up and I was like, okay, I couldn't put it into words, but like that's what I was thinking. Um so I would encourage anybody that listens to us, if you haven't seen that video, please go like do yourself a favor um, and check that out. I think that's a really, really good starting point to kind of just get kind of some perspective on everything that's happening in the world. Um, I had a long post on Facebook when all of this happened. Um for Trey, for both you and I, uh, this is personal. Uh, we have friends that are black. We both have family family members that are black. My brother-in-law is black. My nephew is black. And uh, when you see what's happened, it's hard not to think, like, trying to put yourself in that situation um, and trying to think if George Floyd was my brother-in-law or if George Floyd was my nephew. 
and like it's just heartbreaking to think about um there's just no reason for it i i hope that i don't know anybody that could kneel on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds um and if i do i i can honestly say I don't really want to be friends with them. I mean, that's just, it's cold-blooded murder. And right. There's no other way to put it. And you've seen, it just keeps happening. It's, it is a, a data-proven trend. And the thing that really bothers me is, listen, I went to a, a Catholic, predominantly white high school. Um, I have really good friends that have completely different political ideology than I do. And I love them and I respect them. Um, but I see so much on more so Facebook than Twitter of people sharing posts of, Oh, well this police officer was shot and killed or look at these rioters. They're disgusting. But those people that are doing that have yet to comment what happened to George Floyd or what happened to Breonna Taylor or so many other people. Right. And it's like, do you not understand that at some point there has to be consequences for what's happened? If you kill a cop, probably 99.9% .9 of the time you're going to jail. And the problem right now is if you kill a black guy and you're a cop, it's probably more like 0.01 that you're going to jail. Right. And that needs to change. Right. There's a lot of stuff that needs to go into police uh, reform. Mm -hmm. But more so, it's the consequences. Um, there has to be consequences for what they're doing. Um, personally, uh, if uh, there's a guy named DeRay McKesson. He was very involved in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, and he has a lot of really good data points and thoughts on policing um for me it kind of comes down to this i think there needs to almost be kind of like term limits on being a police officer i think police officers listen they have an enormously challenging job i, I don't deny that but being a police officer for 20 30 40 years the amount of adrenaline it, you run on the amount of times you in it like like you almost become numb to it. And then you, by nature, probably become, you know, protective of yourself. So then you're more trigger happy than not. So there almost needs to be term limits on what, how long a police, there, there's a reason people get discharged from the military. It's because you shouldn't be doing that job for a certain amount of time, because at some point you become a danger, not just to the people around you, but to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to look at that um from a police officer perspective as well um another thing i can't stand um is the blue lives matter or the all lives matter crowd no shit no shit no one is saying they don't okay we're saying that right now there is a specific community that does not matter as much as the white community right if you can't see that then i don't know what to tell you like it, it, it's mind-boggling to me that that is your argument, or that because some white high school kids want to riot and steal some things and do some dumb shit, 
listen, the rioters are like maybe 2% of what's going on. Everything else has been extremely peaceful. There's been tons of videos. There was um, one person who was tracking all of the protests and all of the times police either um, started the violence or um, like initiated the violence. And it was like over 173 just videos. And that's just what we have on video. And again, all of this stuff has been happening for so long. The only difference is now we have videos showing exactly what's happening. And if you can't look at that and reflect and say, yeah, something needs to happen, then I I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I don't know how you can look at that and not come to that conclusion. I, I, I can't. At that point, I, I seriously question your intelligence. And that's something that I don't often do. I'd like to think we can all use our eyes and our brains and come to like a similar point when you see someone get choked out for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Right. Right. So it's heartbreaking. It it really is. Um, There needs to be real change. These protests have been amazing to see. Um, I hope we can keep up the energy. Um, I hope we can get real change uh, because this country freaking needs it, man. Um, between this, between COVID, um, between who we have in the, the holding the highest office in our country right now, it's just divide, divide, divide. Yeah. And we need something, anything to bring this damn country together. Cause right now, I, like I think about what, what happened in DC when Trump had the national guard clear out protests. If that happened in Iraq or if that happened in Afghanistan, this country would not stand for it. This country would send in troops. This country would call that country, you know, look at what they're doing to these innocent people. They're jailing journalists. Like, we wouldn't stand for it. Well, now it's happening in our country, and you have a certain political ideology that says, yeah, uh, this is right. Or let's turn this focus to you want to get rid of our history and tear down Confederate statues. Are you kidding me? Confederate statues and flags? First off, those were traitors to the United States of America. They openly started a war with our country just because they wanted the right to own slaves. So why are we memorializing that? We don't have statues of Adolf Hitler in this country. We don't have statues of Osama bin Laden in this country because they were terrorists. So were the Confederates. I don't. I don't understand how anybody can make that argument. I. I it is dumbfounding to me, and to say, you know, you're you're washing away our history. It's still taught. It's taught in every school. Every school in America learns about the damn Civil War. Every every country or every school. So, yeah, that statue is not getting rid of our history. And honestly, maybe it should. Why, why would we want that in that country? Why, what, what is a black man supposed to think when they see a statue of someone that used to, that, that would want them as a slave, basically? Like, what kind of message is that? There are so many systemic things in this country that are so wrong, and I hope we completely blow up this system I have a lot of faith in our generation, the younger generations. We're a lot more open-minded. We're a lot more inclusive. 
But damn it, it's a struggle, man. It is an absolute struggle. Right. So first of all, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, number one, uh, I mean, me and you are best friends. That was 12 minutes of just pure, uh, I agree with everything you say. Um, first of all, I'd like to say Brandon is very well versed on this. Um, if you are friends with him or want to look him up, I don't know if your Facebook's private, but uh, what you put on Facebook was very eloquently written. Um, I really liked it and I resonated with it and it was compelling. Um, I chose the path of making a video. Um, I, I made a Black Lives Matter video and I welcome people to message me privately if you would like to have a conversation, if you choose, if you are thinking differently than me. But I basically agree with everything Brandon says. Um, one thing I really just want to hit on is the division. It, it just, between, you know, what's going on with Black Lives Matter and, and the police and the, pro the protests and the riots and even uh, coronavirus and somehow wearing a mask has become politicized. And um, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but I know somebody who they said something along the lines of, oh, we've just been going about our lives. Maybe we should start taking it serious. And I wanted to be like, yeah, you probably should. Like, it's just yeah. so, it's so divided. And I feel like based on what you watch on TV, um, specifically Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and CBS, like, I feel like you live in a different world me mentally. It just... The division is insane, um, and I, I, I really don't want to bring it back to me, but uh, me and my brother are writing a, sh a, a show based on this type of division. It's a little bit different, but it's just, it, it's really, it blows my mind that really, if you peel back the layers, it, it's, it's life and death when it comes to, you know, what's going on with George Floyd and all that. Um, it When you peel back the layers, it's life and death. It's not... It, 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 it that that's it really like mm -hmm. I, it, I i'm not gonna spew all of my my views um because again if you want to chat about this my dms are open everywhere so feel free to message me but um you you have to do something pretty fucked up and bad to justify a death I'm not going to say all the things that justify a death, but having a $20 counterfeit bill, even if that's the case, I don't know all the background on it, doesn't justify a death. That's just straight up. There are a lot of things that don't justify a death. Like I'm saying, basically the core of what I'm saying, this is life or death. Um, I have my view. I, I really like what you said about the police reform. I had never, I'd never really heard that uh, yet, but I really like that. I'm not going to say my views because I think they're very radical, but I think, like you said, something really needs to happen. Um, I just remember back, even specifically on this podcast, when the Colin Kaepernick thing was happening, when he was starting to kneel in peaceful protests. Um, and I remember saying, um, maybe you said it, I don't, we, we said on this podcast collectively that we could look back and he could be a Martin Luther King type civil rights movement leader. And I feel like 
I, I, I don't want to say specifically that moment when he took that knee but is where this all stemmed from and started. But I think it was a big, big moment. In, because me personally, I think there are huge parallels with he took a knee. It was a peaceful protest on police brutality. And people bitched. And now people are violently protesting and people are bitching. And it just blows my mind. It just, we are all equal. Like, we all bleed the same blood. We're all the same on the inside. It's just, here's the thing for me. Um, there's, there's, you obviously, like, it's one thing to be against racism. But it's also, it's another thing to be anti-racism. I think... We need to speak up when we hear shit, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit I, I I need to do better with it. I've had so many talks with so many of my friends and relatives and coworkers uh, in these past few weeks, and it's it's they're they're super hard conversations to have. I've cried on the phone many of times. I'm I'm okay to admit that with people I love, um, but. The conversations need to be had to move forward. It's a hard conversation, but we're adults and we need to have these conversations. Um, we, we, we. I, I'm saying this as me. I think I could say it for you too, Brandon. But as a generation, are trying to kill racism. Like, I, I think straight up, and I think everybody protesting, uh, marching, signing petitions, donating. You're fighting the good fight. Um, I stand with you. I march with you. I protest with you. Um, I'm there. I'm, I'm 100% here to say black lives matter. I'm here to say, are you entertained stands behind black lives matter and preaches that, um, it's just, we are living in scary, scary, dark, sad times right now. Um, everything with the whole, this whole police brutality thing, Corona, everything right now it, it just feels like I, I i need something to smile about you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's, it's just it's crazy um things need to change i think we we as a generation are sparking the movement for this change um and that's really all i have i mean i you, you you're very more versed in this and i have my beliefs and i'm more of a writer so i could write this eloquently <laughs> You can say it better, but I, 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 I echo everything Brandon said, and I, I really hope that even if you think differently than us, we can come to a middle ground somewhere and really, truly realize that this is life and death, even with corona. <laughs> this is life and death. Fuck politics. Fuck Democrats. Fuck Republicans. Life and death. We are humans. It, 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 it you know. It's just, it is what it is, and the shit needs to change, and I, I truly think we we're, we're, it, the movement is starting, and I know for me, I'm going to be on the right side of history. I know people who think very, very differently than me, but I know in my heart that what I believe is real and right and just and true, I'm going to be on the right side of history. I hope my friends and family and everybody around me is on that same side. Um, and I vow to myself and others and people listening to this that I will be 
someone to talk to, to lean on, to march with, to protest with, and I will speak up when I hear or say, uh, see something. Because I, I think, I, I said in my video that I, I am a strong believer that silence is a part of the opposition. And I do think that, and I, I've been told some things, and I, I'm learning. I don't know everything. I, 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 I'm learning much like everybody here, especially us two white privileged guys. Um, I, I, I'm still learning, but I, I have been, it has been called to my attention that I could do more and I know I could do more. So I'm, I'm saying this on record that I'm here to do better and get better. So I, that, that's it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think this is 20 minutes of like woke shit that needs to be said. So I'm glad we took this time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it for me. But what, do you have anything else or? No, I think that's right. Okay, cool. All right. Well, good talk. Good talk. So now we're going to kind of seamlessly transition <laughs> into some more lighter stuff. Uh, some of the stuff that you know, you guys are used to hearing in the past from this podcast. Um, so we're going to start off, as always, with the shoot the shit segment. Um, this is where we talk about movies, TV shows that we've watched, album songs that we've listened to, funny stories we'd like to tell since the last podcast. It's been a while. We've been uh, quarantined, and um, I'm sure we have a lot here, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, but wh what do you got, Brandon? What, what have you been... Uh, viewing listening to doing since the last podcast um listening wise i've just been binging a lot of different podcasts um a lot of them political um just trying to hear as many things as i can um and get as many different perspectives as i can so music front for me has been pretty um pretty light um there hasn't been a lot of big-name albums. so I'm trying to think that uh, Dark Light demos come out before during our last pod. I think we may have talked, like, previewed it. So if we want to talk about that later in the podcast or now, we can. Because um, that's probably the one album, like, I've actually listened to quite a bit. Um, as far as watching, so I, I did a rewatch of The West Wing, which I've done, like, seven times. Um, and then I watch of sons of anarchy um i'd only seen that once all the way through so i'm almost done with that and then just last night you'll like this uh i watched the first three episodes of Watchmen. my man it's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing isn't it it's confusing but damn it's enticing man i was like up way too late i so i've been going to the gym a lot and this morning i knew we were gonna pod so i was like ah, i better go in the morning so I had an alarm set for five, but man, it was like 1 a.m. and I just finished the third episode and I really thought about starting the fourth, but I was like, nope, <laughs> need to turn it off. I'm glad uh, I, I'm glad you liked it. I've been trying to put you onto the show, bro. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Like it is good. The the it, crazy it, part about it is like it, it's a it's a superhero type world, but it's it at the at the core of it, it's about race and it's about vigilanteism versus heroism and it's about masks and it's it's, it's <laughs> real shit like so it's really good but yeah if, it's about a lot of stuff that's happening in the world right now which is pretty crazy 
And can I say this? So the the opening scene, mm-hmm. and I say this as a privileged white man, I did not know about that. The the Tulsa massacre, the Black Wall Street. I don't remember learning about that in school. I, I don't know if that's on me. I don't know if that's on the educational sure. system. Um, but I that was really my first moment hearing about it. Now, after watching it, I've seen some clips of people actually talking about it and breaking it down. And I've looked up some things. But that was the first time that that has been brought to my attention. And it was on that Watchmen show. So. Yeah, I had heard about it before, but it was not something that I learned about uh, in school, which is crazy. Right. Right. And um, I was just also going to say, if you're like, like confused, because I had never. So Watchmen is like a a graphic novel, comic, whatever you want to call it. I had Mm -hmm. never read that, looked at it, whatever. But then there was also a movie that Zack Schneider did, which we're going to talk about him later in the podcast, but hadn't even seen that movie. I think it's separate, but it's it's not. It's basically a sequel series to the movie, but it also lives in its own world. Mm-hmm. So you're able to watch it and still like kind of understand what's going on. But if you do want more background knowledge and want a little bit more, there's a coinciding podcast with the showrunner and it's like the official hbo podcast i can send you it it's very enlightening and it'll it might help you if you're confused so i know yeah. I, I i i tried to put my brother onto this show and i told him to listen to this podcast he goes i don't want to look into a podcast to understand the show but <laughs> if you want to be enthralled with the world that's just how i like to watch tv i guess yeah. so I did, I did do, so before I started it, I did do some research just on, like, the Watchmen comic and the characters themselves. Right. Uh, that way I wasn't, like, completely naked, basically, while watching it. Uh, right. So I have a little bit of, like, backstory on it. Yeah, it's really good. Wait, just, just wait. It gets even better. Yeah, like, I, I'm excited for it. We'll have to discuss it when you when you kind of finish and stuff. Yeah, the most intriguing thing is definitely uh, the old white dude that like keeps reenacting the same play, and it's like like that whole storyline is so weird and bizarre, and I'm like completely hooked on it. Right, right. Pound for pound, like this might be a top HBO show for me. So it's only going to be one season. I think they've kind of put the yeah. next season. But pound for pound, it is the closest thing to a perfect season of TV. And I know that's a hot take, but it's awesome. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. But um, um, I've been watching some things. I, I'll just reel them off. Um, movies, The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's new movie, uh, the Vietnam War movie type thing. Really, really good. Um, it's very relevant to today. Um, so I highly recommend that. It's, it's a little long. It's on Netflix, but it's it's good. I rented The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. Um, wasn't gut-bursting funny, but it was a good movie. It had heart. I, I liked it. Um, I, wa- I, I got HBO Max, so I watched uh, the Love Life series with Anna Kendrick, and that shit spoke to my soul. I don't know if it's, you know, a personal thing, you know, your boy searching for love out there, but it <laughs> a really really good series um i know this much is true with mark ruffalo on hbo this 
it might not be the best show for the times just because this fucking show is depressing. Like it's some dark, heavy shit. It's like a, it's about a, it's about a set of twins and one of them is a paranoid schizophrenic and the other one is basically looking after the paranoid schizophrenic and it's just that relationship and mm-hmm. heavy shit, man. But the writing and the, the cinematography, it's beautiful. It's a limited series. So if you're looking for a quick kind of watch, I recommend that. On the music front, uh, Tanaya Taylor just dropped the album. Um, had some really good features, some lovey-dovey R&B vibes. Um, there's an album by a rapper who was on the Revenge of the Dreamers 3, Deontay Hitchcock. He dropped an album called Better, really good. And then Coach of the Friend dropped an album called Everything. Really good. There's a couple albums that I'd like to talk to about a little more in detail. Um, and I don't know if you've listened, and it could be brief when we get there. But uh, that's that's my shoot the shit for the the time being. Should we should we move into the real shit, the the movies and TV? Uh, I do. I, let me just say this. I don't know if this is a funny story, but it got me hot. Uh, so. Okay. I have recently moved uh, to Overland Park, Kansas, uh, and, and I had I had to get my uh, oil changed for the first time here. So I always go to a Ford dealer. I have a Ford car, um, and typically you make an appointment. I usually make it in the morning. Okay, this is back in Iowa or even Missouri when I was in college. And typically, if you make an appointment, you can kind of just go park it. They have a drop box where you can put your keys and you can just leave it there all day and pick it up whenever. Okay. Go online, make an appointment. Pull up. About, they open at 7. I pull up at 6.45. I was feeling good. I went and got a slice of Casey's breakfast pizza for the first time since I moved here. Because uh, the Casey's is not in the most convenient spot for me. You're painting the picture. I love it. <laughs> yep. And I get there, and there's like 15, 20 cars in this line. That's weird. Park my car, start walking to what looks like a drop box. A guy comes out, and he goes, can I help you? Like, yeah, just drop him my keys off. He's like, oh, no, we don't do appointments. Like, I just scheduled one on your website last night. He goes, <laughs> we don't do appointments. I'm like, then why the fuck is it an option online? I actually cussed at the guy. He's like, yeah, you have to go get in line with everybody else. Like, what the? F-? So, that's like, okay, fine. Get in line for 20 minutes. They're like, uh, what's your name? Tell them. They're like, oh yeah, you have an appointment. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> scheduled it online. Homeboy just told me there's no appointments. They proceed to ask me every single question that I had already answered online the night before. So now I'm pissed. (laughs) None of them are wearing masks. None of them are wearing gloves. Nothing. They get in my car, drive my car. Seven and a half hours later, I get a text. Hey, sorry, we're just getting to your car. Been a busy day. Uh, You need to have some fluids, uh, flush, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Go to pick it up. No one's outside. They're like, well, who did you work with? I'm like, I dropped my car off. I didn't work with anybody. They're like, oh, okay. Uh, looks like you worked with Blake. Like, again, didn't talk to a fucking person, but sure. 
go inside the Blake. Blake just asks for my credit card, runs it, hands me my receipt, and then they give you a report card of like what they did, what needs to be done still, like different things. Doesn't explain anything. He's like, they'll pull your car around. That was it. They didn't talk me through anything. They didn't update that they flushed my fluids, even though they supposedly did. They charged me for it. So then last night, they asked for a customer review. Let me tell you, your boy was not kind. <laughs> I put, I'm not kidding. I wrote a full page on their comment section. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually said in my review, there's a global fucking pandemic going on, and you can't put a mask on. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> so you need to find a mechanic guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will not be going back there. Yeah. I kind of have, a, I don't know if it's a funny story, but your boy is three times Corona negative flex. Yeah, boy. Uh, I, so I've told you, but I guess I can tell, tell the listeners out there. First two times I got tested. It feels like, so they, they, I got the nostril swab. They went up and I felt like they touched my brain. Third time, it was the drive through one and it felt like they went in. And I swear to God, it touched the back of my throat when they pulled it out, when they double doinked me. <laughs> I saw a little bit of blood. Little weird. Doesn't hurt, but it's like the weirdest tickle in your eyes water for like five minutes straight. Sucks. Yeah. But gotta do what you gotta do. So. Three times negative. Let's go. It's crazy. No, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. We can hang out if you if you come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some uh, some movie talk. So this is kind of the big thing that's recently been announced. Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise his role as Batman in the upcoming Flash movie. Um, apparently Keaton would play Batman in a Nick Fury-like role, starting with The Flash, and couldn't continue to play The Dark Knight in other upcoming DC movies like Batgirl. So my question is, how the hell would this even work? Number one, does does Flash time travel? Is that the only way? That, that's the only way I could think this worked. And then the other question is, why the hell wouldn't they use... Ben Affleck, who could be an older Batman who is more recent to the DC universe, or they're bringing in Robert Pattinson, a whole new Batman. Why wouldn't they loop those together, but instead they choose a 90s Batman? What do you think? Three words. <laughs> because it's, it's DC. 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 <laughs> Uh, they don't do anything right. They're fucking idiots. Absolute idiots. Whoever's running DC should be fired. They should have been fired years ago. They're idiots. It makes, heads. it makes no sense. What are you doing? We're on like our fifth Batman now in this exactly. universe. Like, Here's fire a, them all. Fire here, them all. And here, I like Mike Keaton. And he might do a great job. Yeah. But fire them all. Here's the thing. I can appreciate that DC is trying to do different things. Like I appreciate they're trying to be creative with the There's way. The difference between doing different things and doing stupid things. Very true. Very true. But I, I personally, I, I liked the Michael Keaton Batman, you know, with the Joker and Penguin and Catwoman. Like I thought they were good movies, but 
and if you want a, a, a continuous universe, you got to have some continuity. I mean, we had this whole Joker discussion a few podcasts ago when we had, you know, everybody was still hype off the Heath Ledger Joker. And then you got Jared Leto as a pretty shitty ju- uh, suicide league, a suicide hot, squad Joker. Hot topic jo- yeah, hot topic Joker. Right. And then you got Joaquin Phoenix. And then they were talking about also having um, the Harley Quinn Joker movie. But does that which Joker is it going to be? It's just very messy. And now they're going to make it messy on the superhero side of things. It's just, man, I, I that's the only thing I can see is if it somehow is like a time travel thing. And I don't know Flash enough to know if it's time travel. But maybe they're going to open up like like a similar to a, a Spider-Verse where it's like a multiverse and they bring the old Batman. That's the only thing I can think of. But, man, super weird. I, I was just blown away by this news. Very crazy. Let me ask you this question, and I hope this isn't insensitive. Um, not my not what I'm trying to do here, but would you be surprised if in five years you read a storyline that was like, DC uh, rumors, um, top execs at DC are thinking about doing a, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, Basically like a a hologram of Heath Ledger as Joker. Would you be surprised? I mean, no, at this point. it, it, It just feels like they've, failed so many times that they just keep like throwing random things to see if anything will stick you know how much backlash that would get that'd be wild i mean i'd be here for i love the heath ledger choker but that would be so fucking like a lot of people would hate that but rightfully so right right it's just like they keep trying to do this soft reboot crap right just burn it to the fucking ground just do a couple Wonder Woman movies because this is basically to me like they just don't want to lose Wonder Woman in this like world. Just yeah. let Gal Gadot be her Wonder Woman and take a couple years off and figure out what to do with the rest of the universe. Well, I also think they're they're banking a lot on Harley Quinn. I mean, they they did Suicide Squad. They loved her. Then they did um, Birds of Prey, which I actually enjoyed. Birds of Prey was pretty good. Could you agree? Sure. But if it was a Marvel movie, it wouldn't be in the top 15. Okay. Okay, that's fair. And then we also know that they're re-upping a new Suicide Squad, and she's going to be in it. So she, I think, is a cornerstone of that universe. But I was under the impression that they were trying to do more standalone movies moving forward. But then you have this Flash movie, which... Honestly, this is another part of the announcement is that the Flash movie is even happening. So, I, I mean, it, it was long, you know, rumored that they may just not do that. So that's happening. But then they're also trying to loop it in with Batman. So, so they're kind of contradicting themselves if they wanted to do standalone, but then they're trying to loop old things back in. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on it. Like, I, I liked Michael Keaton. I think he'll be good, but it's just super weird. So, where do you put uh, Keaton on your Batman Mount Rushmore? 
I obviously I think we're both going to agree. Bale is Christian Bale is number one, right? You don't think it's Affleck? What'd you say? So you don't think it's Affleck? Oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, Affleck got screwed. I think he could have been a good Batman. He was just written horribly. Uh, right. Yeah, Bale's one. Bale, I'd say Keaton probably number two. Um, I mean, and then you got like you got yeah, I'd probably go. you got George Clooney, you got Ben Affleck. If you want to include Adam West in the old, old Batmans. Honestly, Will Arnett's probably up there as fucking Lego Batman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people like those. If you wanted to include those. I was talking more live action, but. Yeah, I'd probably go Keaton to Adam West, I guess, three. Damn, Adam West makes it. Does Affleck make it or does Val Kilmer make it? Because I don't think George Clooney makes it. <laughs> probably not. Uh I, I know. Affleck four. Yeah, me too. Me too. He could have been a good Batman. It, you're right. He was written bad. It, they, yeah. Maybe they'll do him justice. No pun intended. With the Justice League Snyder cut, which I guess we can seamlessly roll to. <laughs> yes, or do you have anything else on that? <laughs> no, okay. I got nothing. All right. So the Snyder cut. Uh, you know, the hashtag release the Snyder cut has been going for. I don't. Is it three years ago that the Justice League was in theaters? Something like that. So about, was, about, about as long as Jamie Foxx playing Mike Tyson. Right. Um, the same time frame. Right, and that's the rumors are sparking with that again. Uh, but the Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League will finally be released on HBO Max next year. It's officially announced. Uh, apparently, Snyder pitched it in an episodic form with major cliffhangers. So I don't know if they're going to be, it's going to be like a chunk of like three or four series or like, like episodes, you know what I mean? Um, so that could make it potentially interesting. Um, also, he claims that only one fourth of what came out in the original Justice League was his. So if that's the case and they're going to put some money into this and reshoot and do some things, we may get a whole new product. Um, he recently just dropped a teaser that included Wonder Woman finding some piece of information about, uh, I think, a character called Darkseed, um, who, I can't remember, was it Stefan, Steppenwolf, or was he the Wonder Woman villain? Either way, it's a different villain in Snyder's Justice League than what um, was in the one that debuted. Also, there are rumors that Green Lantern might be in this. There's rumors that we'll get black-suited uh, Superman in this. Whether it'll have a mustache or not is another thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So does this interest you? Are, I know you, I don't think you have HBO Max, do you? No. Okay. If you were to have it, would you watch this? Okay. Here's my beef with this is everybody's the whole thing has been released the Snyder cut by the time it's released it's not even going to be the Snyder cut like he's going to completely reshoot it and redo a bunch of things to like try to make it look as good as possible like this isn't something that he just had on hand that oh release it okay here it is like, you know what I mean like this is just him basically trying to redo yeah redo it yeah yeah, yeah. which 
again, like, now, how how are they put? Like, now you're telling me you're going to add Green Lantern and other characters to this, as if this universe wasn't already messy. Like, whatever. Fuck these things. <laughs> <laughs> but the the crazy part is like, if number one, if Green Lantern was included in Snyder's. Let's just say for the sake of argument that everything that we're going to see has already been filmed and it's in his Snyder Cut, whatever. Uh, so if they let's say they release this, Green Lantern is in it. Um, does that does that then spark a new Green Lantern movie, which would then be connected to DC, but yet they're trying to get away from that? Like it's just so messy. It's so messy. Um, and I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. And I'm rooting for it. Like I, my next question to you is what happens if this just totally sucks? Like three years hashtag released on the Snyder cut and it just bombs. Like it sucks. What? Like I, it's, that would uh, be crazy. I would not be surprised. Not in the least. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon is a, a known hater of DC. It's they suck. Like, yeah, I don't like bad things. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think it's hard part, though. So part, when part of me part part of me part of me hopes that like the fourth that Zack Snyder uh, that was his part was in Justice League. Is Batman having that stupid ass dream where there's like flying things? Right. I hope that was I hope that was Zack Snyder because that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen in the superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, and then so the whole I just remember watching. I think I, I'm trying to remember if I'm um, if I'm confusing this with Batman vs Superman because I might be, but I think there was a flashback in either Justice League or Batman vs Superman. When it's re- like Superman finds out it's Bruce Wayne and it's a flashback. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that's, or it's not a flash. It's a dream. It's a dream. Like you said. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Weird. Maybe it is Batman. I think Superman. it was Batman. Superman. Martha. It's all, it's all looped together. So it doesn't. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to something. I think we can both agree that we're actually excited about. Um, Tenet, Christopher Nolan's next epic time bender crazy movie gets a slight pushback for its theatrical release. That's emphasis on the theatrical release. Nolan is very, very adamant that he wants this to be viewed in the theaters. Um, The Tenet will now premiere July 31st in theaters. My question to you, will you go see this in the theaters? If they're even open at where you're at. I think so it's, I think how it's happening is it's up to the specific movie theater if they choose to open. So let's just say for the sake of argument, where, where you're at, the movie theater is open. Will you go see this movie? Yeah, theaters are open here. Um, yeah, probably. I ain't got shit else to do. Right. Can I, I tell you my, my excitement level for this movie is not great. Really? I'm so I'm so confused as to what this movie is. Like, it it, it, it makes no sense to me. I'm like, okay I, with I, that. Like, 
to some extent I am, but like I have zero idea what this movie is about going into it. Like I would if this like let's put it this way, if this wasn't Christopher Nolan, would you be excited about this movie? Or be, I'd be a little less excited. <laughs> if it was, if it, if at the end it said, brought to you by the director that created Transformers, Michael Bay. <laughs> you going to see this movie? I mean, in theaters, no. I, I, I'll rent That's it. That's my point. That's my point. Like, we give Christopher Nolan the benefit of the doubt because he's earned it. But, like, I we know that we know nothing. The thing is, I, I think it was intended in the trailer because the trailers did a good job of literally not like they they gave us a they dangled the carrot a little bit to hype us up a little. But plot wise, we know fucking nothing. Um, and I, I put in here time bender. I don't even know if it's time travel. I don't I don't really know. Um, but I'm here for it. Uh, the cast is awesome. It's Christopher Nolan. Um, it costs, I think, double of what Inception was. So there's going to be some crazy shit. I think they crash a whole airplane. Like, it's going to be crazy. I do think it should be viewed in the theaters. I'm, I'm down for that. On a personal level, um, if I were living in, like, New York or L.A., I might be hesitant. Like, if I, it's a big-ass city and I know the theaters are going to be packed, I might be hesitant. In Des Moines or in a suburb of Kansas City, it might not be as packed, you know, and you could go on like a Monday so or something like, you know, it won't be as packed. So I would feel a little more comfortable, you know, and I'm sure they'll have to spread out in six feet uh, distance, social distance. Um, so I'd feel a little more comfortable knowing that it probably won't be as packed. But I don't know. I haven't decided if I want to go to the theaters yet. I do want to go to the theaters, but I don't know if I feel safe in doing so so um i guess is there any way this could like hurt theaters uh obviously it'll like it's really if it does go as planned and this debuts july 31st in theaters i I mean it's going to be the only real new movie playing i know theaters are playing like old harry potter and star wars and stuff like that but in that regard, I think it obviously will help theaters, but is there any way it could hurt theaters? I don't know. The only thing I could think of is, like, if a bunch of people go and, like, a city gets an outbreak and they find out that it's right. because they were at a movie theater, but I think overall it's going to be the only thing that really, like, saves movie theaters. Right. And during this whole thing, I think I saw um a headline that said AM, amc what or well, i guess amazon was looking into buying amc which that would be an absolute game changer i guess i didn't put this on the dock but what do you think about that i hope not um but probably will amazon I, fucking has everything true they're taking over the world but i guess i would i would be very interested to know like do they play like Amazon movies first and then they show a little bit of love to say a tenant in those big movies? Like would they, would they favor other movies? You know what I mean? Like it would, I don't know. I'm sure there's rules against that, but that would be interesting to see. So, all right, moving along. So you say the name, you're good at pronouncing names better than me. Tamira. Tamira Morrison. The dude who played Jango Fett in the Star Wars prequels has been cast 
in the second season of The Mandalorian to play Boba Fett. This is a little bit old news, but um, it's fun. I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, could he play Captain Rex? So before you answer that, I am in the middle of Rebels. I am... Am I, am I in season three or four? I'm either in the end of season three or the beginning of four. I don't know. Either way. Um, it's good. Not as good as Clone Wars. I finished Clone yeah. Wars. Um, so I, I guess, are, have you been watching Rebels? Didn't you say you were watching a little bit? Yeah, I think I'm on end of season two, beginning of season three, somewhere around there. Okay. Rex is there. Okay. That's what you're trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah, didn't want to spoil it if you hadn't seen it. But yeah, so yeah. he's there. Now, I haven't finished it, so if Rex dies I, and I don't know that, then this, you know, doesn't make sense. But if he lives, he definitely could. I mean, so he's rumored to play Boba Fett, which technically Boba Fett died in the Return of the Jedi. So, number one, Boba Fett, apparently he's not dead. Or maybe he's just actually playing Captain Rex or a clone or something. So, um, you have that. You also have Rosario Dawson. Um, who's going to play Ahsoka Tano. Super excited for that. Dope casting there. And uh, Timothy Oliphant uh, was also cast in an unknown role. Oh, season two of Mandalorian, man. It's going to be lit. It's going to be crazy. Has the makings to be a lot bigger in scale of what season one was. Um, do you... Do you would you like to take a crack at where you think the story is going? Will will there be lightsabers? I say that with Ahsoka Tano being in there. Will we get more Yoda species with Baby Yoda? Will we uh, and the dark saber? I, I want to know more about that, especially after watching Clone Wars and um, Rebels, because uh, it plays a big part in both of those. So I'm interested now specifically in that and um i don't i don't remember the character's name who wielded that saber at the end of, of the mandalorian season one there but um I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going uh they got some the heavy hitters coming so what, what do you think i'm really excited i think this like the the thing i'm most excited about is the ahsoka tana uh part of it First off, just to see her like in uh, live action, yeah, not animated form is going to be really cool. Right. Uh, I thought Rosario Dawson was like a perfect fit um, to play Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tana. Um, I don't know. I, I like I, it's just fascinating how many different like routes they could go with this. Right. I don't even know if I could muster up like a good prediction on on what it would be. Um, I would so and like sorry, I, go ahead. like I'm just curious to see how Ahsoka fits in because like we know she has fought with Mandalore, um, we know she's previously had beef with the Mandalorians. Like, th there's just so many like fascinating things. I'm really glad I watched uh, Clone Wars uh, to have yeah. some of that backstory. Um, so I'm I I'm just excited to see where it goes. It's one of those things where I'm trying not to like play it out in my head or like have huge expectations um just because i didn't really for the first one like the first season and it i thought it was awesome yeah yeah um 
I'm super excited about Ahsoka Tano. She definitely emerged as one of my favorite Jedi. I mean, I'm confident in saying that. And I'll even go as far to say this may be a hot take, but Clone Wars as a whole might be the best Star Wars. Like, the politics. Granted, mm-hmm. the animation is cool. The, mm-hmm. you know, the... You got everything from Jedi to bounty hunters to draw... Like, you got literally everything. And you it, they tie them with the movie. It was just beautifully done. Beautifully done. Um, and now, with that background knowledge, now we're going to see her in a live-action form. So I'm really excited. Like you said, they could go every which way with this. Um, speaking a little bit on the dark saber could, and maybe something happens at the end of rebels that we have yet to see happen. But, um, the, the girl with like the pink hair, what's her name? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she's a Mandalorian. So if Mm -hmm. she lives at the end of rebels, could she potentially pop up? I think that could be kind of cool. So, I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do. I would like to see if they're going to loop in Clone Wars, it would be cool to see somehow if they loop in Rebels too, just to make it one big canon, you know? So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, it has the makings to be really dope. So I'm excited. All right, let's move right along. Uh, this can be quick. J.K. Simmons confirmed he is signed on to appear as J. Jonah Jameson in multiple Spider Man movies. Uh, apparently he's already filmed his scene for the next Spider-Man movie. Um, I'm super hyped about this. I think he is perfect for that role. Um, I, I loved where the last Spider-Man left off and I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I, I think personally with the whole like kind of fake news thing that they're going for moving forward, it seems, um, I think he could play a bigger role, so it could be fun to watch. You hype? You hype for some Spider-Man? Sorry, I'm chew- I'm eating a gummy. Um, you good, dog? I am. I'm super excited to see J. First off, anything J.K. Simmons does is always really good. He's outstanding. Um, he's the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, and the way they set up the end of that movie was so damn good. Um, we're making like Spider-Man out to be kind of the villain. So... I'm just fascinated by Spider-Man. I think of all the future Marvel like projects um, that we know. So like Doctor Strange, Black Panther. I think Spider-Man's the one I'm most intrigued about. Definitely. And that brings the whole dynamic of the Sony Marvel thing. I hope they can keep that intact because I'm definitely in for some more Spider-Man. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I just wanted to do a brief little streaming wars update because uh there's some streaming there's some streaming things that have come to light and i just wanted to see what you thought what we could break it down so number one hbo max uh that debuted and launched uh in between this podcast and the last um i have so i i didn't seek out hbo max so i i had hbo on top of my streaming um live tv service and so I basically got HBO Max with that package, if you will. Um, so it, my assessment of it is it has a plethora of old movies. That back catalog is super thick and 
you know, if you're a movie movie buff like like Casablanca and um, Citizen Kane, those type of old classic movies, it's 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 you'll you'll enjoy HBO Max. Um, I talked a little bit about Love Life, it, so I can I can at least say it has one solid original series. Um, but the weird part to me, I don't know if you heard about this, Brandon, but they have a weird opening marketing for the DC movies. And I know we just shitted on DC. And so, I mean, we, we're going to say who cares? It's DC. But DC is a big property of this HBO Max. So um, apparently they're going to rotate all of the DC movies and keeping instead of keeping them on all at once, much like Disney Plus does. I don't know. Disney Plus seems like they're doing it right. Like, I would think, like, that's the home for the DC movies. You know what I mean? I don't know why you would especially want to. So the thing that came out now is July on July 1, a bunch of the DC movies are going away. And maybe they'll bring in new ones. But just to me, as a marketing standpoint, I just personally think that's that's not the right thing to do. I, I would think that you would want that to be the home where you could go watch all of them. I don't get the whole rotation thing. I get like that keeps it fresh, but I don't know. I, I, I personally like how Disney's doing it, but do you have a different opinion? What do you think? No, I agree. I think it's one thing if it's like an old movie, like if you're swapping Casablanca in for Citizen Kane. Like it's one thing if it's an old movie that's one way to keep like an older movie fresh but to do it to like a newer property um that let's be honest is struggling um it doesn't make a ton of sense to me yeah yeah especially because didn't they dump all of the harry potters out at once once they got them the next day i don't i'll i'll check this i have the app on my phone i so the the crazy thing with the harry potter was Literally, like, the day before launch, they didn't have any marketing of Harry Potter. And then so on launch day, they had all the Harry Potters. And so people were like, oh, my God, there's Harry Potter. So let me uh, let me search here. Yeah, the, the, the Harry Potters are all still there. That That was the big thing with the Harry Potter was there was no marketing for it. And then on launch day, they had all the movies. So that's I think, no. I, I I thought it was that on day one they didn't have any of them up there, and then on day two they put them all up there because there was so much backlash. That could be. I I don't really. It's been a few weeks since that. I I I don't remember specifically like if they had them day one, day two, but they're all there now. That's another big property that they have going for them. Here's my here's my like overall assessment of HBO Max. If I was new to HBO, like I I didn't know much about HBO and I didn't love HBO like I do, um, it doesn't really have a lot for me. Like, yeah, the old time movies is that's cool, and I'll go and watch them, you know, if I'm feeling up to it. But really, if you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, even their big movies that they have on there, they so. They, they show on there where they come from. So if, if the movie is on there via HBO, it'll say underneath HBO. So basically, HBO gets the rights to these movies. So like Ad Astra and Ford vs. Ferrari just came on right. HBO. So it, it then goes on HBO Max 
because HBO acquired those movies, much like Netflix acquires the movies it has. So then H- normally if HBO Max wasn't a thing, let's just say for now, like we're just talking regular HBO. HBO gets movies and then they have them for like a few months and then they go away. So I, I foresee that happening with HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. I just think this is like this is Warner Brothers platform, like their streaming service. So if it were me and I, I, I had all the power there, I would want all of my Warner Brothers movies when I have the rights. Like I get some of them or I, they have rights with Netflix and Hulu and shit like that. But when I have all the rights, I would want all of my movies on there. Right? Like, why? Why are they doing it this weird way? I don't. I don't get this. I don't know. I feel like some of it. So Disney, Disney Plus, when it first dropped, didn't put all of their stuff on there. They kind of like randomly would add things. Right. So. So maybe they're leaving it for like future. They can keep adding. But I think since since the launch, I don't. I haven't seen a big announcement of like a new drop. You know what I mean? So it's interesting, but, uh, I'm not sure. I I just know that they, the, the way they marketed, marketed, uh, HBO max was just so, so poor. They did a really terrible job of trying to explain HBO max versus HBO go versus HBO. Like they, for a company that has their shit together. Huh? Sorry. I, sorry. I interrupted you there. I said they fucked themselves with putting HBO in the the title of the streaming service, I think. Yeah. And then, like, they didn't really explain that, like, if you had, what, HBO Go, you got HBO Max automatically. Like, they right. just, it wasn't clean, um, which is surprising because they do stuff so well at HBO. Right. Um, that was a surprise to me. Um, so. If I get... Uh, HBO like this would be awesome because it has all of HBO and I I personally love everything HBO does so aside from HBO I mean the highlights is number one friends because they got that got pulled from Netflix specifically for this platform then it has like Rick and Morty they've been another weird thing to me is they've been marketing it every commercial they have has South Park and South Park is not on there yet (laughs) It's on Hulu right now, but it's not there yet. I've been continually checking to see if it comes on because I like mm-hmm. South Park. I find that kind of weird. They have Big Bang Theory. They have Impractical Jokers. They have the movies. But really, there's not a lot of new stuff. Like, I'm not going to go and binge watch Impractical Jokers. That's something when I'm on my phone, I it's in the background. You know? Like, I don't know. It. it I love HBO, and if it... If, if it didn't have HBO, I would not give two shits about this platform. But it has HBO and it has all these other things, so it hypes it up a little bit for me. So there it is. Uh, and I know, I know we're going long here. So if you have to do something, you know, give me the finger and whatever. But no, okay. I cool. will say, to me, like streaming services, I think people care less about the old movies that you have. I think it's more about TV series. Um, people are more likely, I feel like, to throw on a Friends or something. Like, for me, it's Netflix. It's The Office or Parks and Rec or Cheers. Like, when I'm going to bed and I don't, because I like to have the TV on when I fall asleep. Like, I'm gonna just turn that one of those on. Yeah. Whereas, like the old movies, I just don't know. 
how much like value that like I don't know someone that's like oh I have to get HBO Max because they have all of Warner Brothers. See, I know I know of one person specifically who I talked about HBO Max with who they really enjoyed the old movies, but I think it's it's a very niche audience of like movie buffs who are going and like reliving all these old movies. Like I think it'd be cool one day to go through the IMDb top 250 and bang them out over a course of time. And I think those old movies like Citizen Kane and Casablanca and all those movies are on that list. So it'd be cool to go back and watch them. But like, no, I'm not, you know, randomly going to watch Citizen Kane on a, on a day, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just think hopefully they get it right. Cause like I said, I love HBO and I love what they're doing, but also, and I don't know if we discuss this on the podcast, but this is just my mentality moving forward. So if I'm HBO and I have this HBO Max, like I get HBO is still like a cable thing. You can get it through your cable service or whatever. But if I'm HBO and I'm creating new shows, why would I want an, an HBO show? Why wouldn't I just make HBO Max originals now? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. why would you do both? Or why would you do one and not the other? Like, so that's the confusing part for me. So, I don't know. Well, I agree. Right. I agree. Like, right. why wouldn't you put all of the future Game of Thrones stuff just on HBO Max to make people pay to go get it? Yeah. I mean, exactly. When they do that spinoff series, is it going to be an HBO Max series? Right. Or is it be an HBO and go like and then they just like haven't told any like there's just so much uncertainty about it that it's just been messy rollout a really messy rollout right and it's new so maybe they're learning maybe they'll get get it together but I don't know uh okay. we have- yeah I, I I get that but Disney Plus basically did the same thing and they rolled it out pretty much flawlessly yeah and like that came out what eight months before HBO Max like how do you not take that model and right. figure it out. They continue to do a great job. I mean, um, they they seem to be rolling out new stuff left and right. And even if it's not new, it's like back catalog, but they're adding it. Um, right. Or, I, or they're making announcements about like a bunch of future stuff. Like right, we right. signed on to do this. We signed like I I don't really read many. Oh, HBO Max is in right. talks to do so so and so. You know. Right to seek out that information i think the only one i can think of off the top of my head two of them one like seth rogan has a movie with them coming and jj abrams signed on to do like a couple series one of them being justice league dark which i don't know what that even means but so okay so we got a new streaming service coming it's called peacock it is uh, a nod to universal and nbc's little peacock logo um so this is crazy so I had said to myself, um, I think like I went, I, I went somewhere and I saw, um, like it must have been an NBC channel or something, and I saw like on the bottom line it said something about Peacock coming July fifteenth, whatever. And I thought to myself, I have seen zero like ads for this, whereas HBO Max, they pumped the shit out of that. Like I saw commercials left and right, so it was interesting. So. Like a couple days after I said that on my Twitter, the feds are watching probably. Um, I see an ad on my Twitter for Peacock, and then so, so I I look at it and it says it's free. 
And I'm like, wait a second. So it got, it, I did, did a little more digging, and I have this for you. So Universal's upcoming streaming service set to launch July 15th. To my knowledge, from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing on the ads, apparently it's free. I'm assuming it has ads to, to everyone. Now, there's a Peacock Premium, I'm assuming without ads, um, and that is free only to Xfinity customers or if you want, like if you aren't an Xfinity customer and want the premium, it's $5 a month or $30 a year. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm going to get it for free. If it's free, I'm going to do the free version. Mm. Um, and honestly, like, looking at the ads and, like, doing a little research of, like, what they have on there, it might be okay. Like, they have a lot of shit on there, it looks like. So, originals on day one on launch day, this doesn't isn't a huge, like, encapsulating list for me. They have a comedy series with David Schwimmer from Friends called Intelligence. An unscripted series with Dale Earnhardt Jr. called Lost Speedways, a Ryan Lochte documentary, a mystery thriller series called The Capture, and a few animated series. I think I saw, like, Where's Waldo and uh, Curious George for kids. Um, backlog, and this is just a very, like, short list. The, the, the list I saw was huge, but the big one is The Office. Apparently, that doesn't come until next year because I think it's still on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Parks and Rec is another big one for them. 30 Rock, Battlestar Galactica, Cheers, Everybody Loves Raymond, Law and Order, Parenthood, SNL, which is really cool. I, it would be, I feel like it'd be cool to go back and watch some old SNL episodes. Suits, Will and Grace, a whole bunch more. You can look them up. But um, are you, like, just from hearing that, I don't know how much other background knowledge you have of Peacock, but are you interested in this platform? What do you think? You would assume that... Uh... Seinfeld will probably be on there at some point too. Is that NBC? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I would assume it would be. I guess maybe so, I maybe I missed that one, but but they just signed a big deal with Hulu, so maybe not. Okay, yeah, at least for a while. Um, if it's free, sure. Uh, specifically because I seem to rewatch The Office like twice a year. Um, right. So let me you know, ask. Like Parks and Rec, like to me, this is more of a like their catalog of what like I've already seen more so than like what I care about from like a future standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also know in the, I didn't write any movies in here, I realized, but I know they, in their, in their like commercial ad that I saw on their Twitter, uh, I don't know why this is the only movie that I can think of, but like forgetting Sarah Marshall was on that. Like there, they're going to be some like movies, which is cool. Cause I mean, I don't know. It seems like they are going to have quite a bit. Now, yeah. my, my question to you is the whole ad thing. Personally, if it's free, I'll do ads. I don't care. Like, I'm fine with that. Um, where do you stand on that? So I've been watching. So I have the Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, uh, Hulu combo. Right. Um, and so I have uh, Hulu with ads. Yeah. And so I've been watching a lot of stuff on Hulu with ads and like, at first, it's a real big pain in the ass, and it slows down like getting through a series. That's what I rewatched Sons of Anarchy on. Oddly enough, I'm watching Watchmen on uh, Hulu, but there's no ads, um, which is weird. Um, oh, because it's free this weekend. That's our like, yeah, yeah. Um, and like I, I've 
just kind of gotten used to it. It's honestly good. Like during an ad is usually when like I just pull out my phone and kind of just mess around. Like, it's not a big deal at all. Right. Right. So I, I really don't have a problem with it. I think I, I, I can get down for free with ads. <laughs> right. I mean, that would be an insane model if it's successful with that. I mean, if it's a lot of more people will come to your platform if it's free. I think ads, you know, they're they're a little bit of a pain, but if it's free, I think a lot of people will say fuck it and get it. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if it's successful or not. This one is a little bit old news, but Apple TV. Um, there's a little update. Martin Scorsese's upcoming movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, is headed to Apple TV after the budget soared, um, similar to The Irishman did. Uh, Apple won the bidding war against Netflix after Paramount bowed out. Uh, what is a movie of this caliber or potential? It has Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro mean for Apple TV. I, I personally think it's huge. Um, like something like this is enough to get me. Cause I'm just a huge Martin Scorsese fan to get Apple TV. Uh, yeah. And I think for the lay person, Leo, Leo does that. Um, especially if you know anything about film and all of the success that Leo and Scorsese have had together, uh, especially, um, I, I think that's going to draw people to Apple TV. I mean, I would get Apple TV for this. Um, and then it's just a matter of, can they create enough good content after that to keep me there? Right. Um, they're just working at a disadvantage because they didn't have any like backlog right. um, when they created Apple, uh, Apple TV. So um i think the price as, is as long as as long as it as long as the movie's like actually good you know even if it's comparable to like an irishman I, I think it'll do really well and i think it would keep people on apple tv plus i think so too i think i this is just me because i don't have apple tv i've seen the, i did the free little thing where i watched like the first three episodes of the show and it didn't enthrall me and like it was good but it didn't enthrall me enough to like want to get it mm-hmm. uh, but I think I think Apple is focusing more on quality. Like I, I, they've put in a lot of money into big name, you know, producers. The Tom Hanks movie coming out, right? What's that? Don't they have the Tom Hanks movie coming out? Right Tom now? movie. They have a, a Spielberg show coming. They have, you know, they just got Martin Scorsese. They're putting heavy hitters on this platform. So. I think the, they'll be here to stay. Now, it, it's just producing the, the quantity with the quality that will be able to compete with these other ones. So we'll see. But it'll be And fun. I think for them, they're just playing the long game. They don't care if Apple TV Plus makes any money right now. Like, they don't give a shit about that. They have more money than anybody. And I think probably. Right. And I was also going to say what you, you said um, about how they – they're at a disadvantage because they don't have you know as much stuff i think the price also reflects that i think it's like four dollars five dollars a month mm-hmm. um, so i don't know that's not like that's not like breaking the bank so it's still shocking to me they haven't acquired a24 yeah you did say it. that would be dope that would, that that's would be the really easiest cool. thing for them to do yeah yeah so all right, let's uh, move on to a little bit of music. I don't know how uh, much you saw of this, but J. Cole and No Name kind of went back and forth. They both dropped songs. Um, so I want to start. Uh, I tried to kind of pinpoint where everything started. So first of all, 
do you know about this? Did you like listen to the songs or it's okay if so, you did. So this is one of those things that so I've been like making a point to try to stay off Twitter lately. Not like completely, but like just Fair. not be on it a ton. And this is one of those things where like during rewatching Sons of Anarchy had a ninety second Hulu ad. So I was like, oh, let me pull up Twitter. And I this was like the first um the first thing I saw. I was like, nah, I'm not I'm not taking the time on this. And I immediately like closed out. So I know like the 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 bones of it, but not really the details. Right, right. Okay. So I I have the, the no names Twitter thread. I I I'll I can read it. Should I should I do that or will that take too long, do you think? Maybe just summarize. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll just read the first tweet. There's like a, a thread of like like four of them, but I'll read the first one. So as she said, quote, this is no name, the rapper. As someone who believes in prison industrial complex abolition, I can't advocate for killer cops to be convicted. By doing that, I justify the need for a system I want abolished. This is hard because we want justice, but arresting one cop at a time can't dismantle capitalism. And she goes on to reiterate her points. Um, the, the, the tweet thread is there if you want to go read that. Um, but, and I don't have the lyrics um, from J. Cole's song. But anyway, so J. Cole dropped a song called Snow on the Bluff. Um, and it was truly a direct response to this. Uh, so, it's it, that's uh, I think it's I think it's a fair thing to say that that's kind of a radical view, um, no name that is. Cole I think dropped the song, um, and he basically on the song. Did have you listened to the song at least? I listened to it once. Okay, so basically I think he he wasn't really like bashing her. I think he was more so saying like like. I don't even know how to say this without like having the lyrics up, but saying like, it's good that you're educated on this, um, but say it to the people who need it instead of just tweeting it. And I don't know how I really feel about that because she's using her platform to say what she thinks. Mm -hmm. um, my whole, and then, so she also responded with a song called song 33 and a direct response to Cole's song. My whole thing with this, like, I think we can all agree. I mean, I, I know we can all agree that we want reform of some sort. Um, now, I, 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 my whole thing is I don't like to see the division here because I think they're both on the same side. And when you drop a song, especially on Twitter, that is basically in response to something, people stamp it with okay that's a twitter beef or that's a rap beef mm. and i think that just divides it further i personally think no name and j cole are on the same side i don't know maybe j cole shouldn't have dropped this song um i don't know but also i think he said some things that were on his mind i just my whole my whole thing that i wanted to bring up with this thing was let's not tear these people apart because they're on the same side and you know if you're listening to these songs i'd like to think you're probably on the same side too so don't pin them up against each other and say j cole versus no name 
because you know the world is ever evolving and we're all learning and going through some things right now so i just don't i i don't want it to be j cole versus no name like i think they're on the same side they want a, a they want the same thing they just have different ways about getting that thing if that makes sense no, that makes sense. I just struggle. Like, I just don't know why J. Cole thought it was necessary to do it. Like, I struggle with with with, with that aspect of it. Right. I mean, he could have easily just tweeted at her. He could have. Right. And, and like, he his or- songs, he's very political in nature. Um, and his music reflects a lot of that. Like, he could have just done... A song about what he thinks like he didn't have to take shots or throw shade whatever you want to say like i i, I just struggle with that aspect of it I, I thought jake cole could have in this moment like risen above that for the time being because similar to what you said like it just creates a distraction like it's right. it's a distraction more so than anything else right i yeah at the core of it, it the song's probably a little unnecessary but uh when i i mean so I didn't even see the the no name tweets before I so J Cole dropped the song and I didn't know any of like background of it and I was like holy shit J Cole dropped the new song <laughs> and then I found all the background I'm like okay okay it's a little more real than like an album promotion or something you know so but yeah so there's that okay so just a couple albums that I wanted to hit I don't know if you've listened to them but uh, Run the Jewels four and Alfredo. Um, have you gotten a chance to listen to these or no? It can be both. So I was, was going to listen to this one this morning, and something weird happened where it said that this album was not available in my region really? on Apple Music. Yeah, so I don't know uh, what the Which hell happened. One? Run the Jewels or Alfredo? Run the Jewels. Okay. That one, if I were to tell you to listen to one of the two in, in this, I would say this one. Run the Jewels. <clears throat> So Killer Mike um, has been very vocal with things going on right now. And I, I just, I like Run the Jewels before all everything going on. But uh, it's very, very relevant right now. And some songs more than others, but, and some lines more than others. But um, one specific, uh, there's a song on there called Walking in the Snow. And I, I think it's on record that they have been recording this you know, for probably a year or so. Uh, <clears throat> there's a line in there where it, said, it says something about I can't breathe, and it just gives me chills uh, with everything going on right now. So I, I would highly recommend Run the Jewels 4. It's really compelling and intense. Like, it's not all, like, political stuff. It, it, it's fun music, but it's, it's relevant right now. Alfredo is just co-crap. It's bars. Uh, so this was the album where DJ Booth tweeted, surprise album next week, bars, and we were speculating. Kendrick, J. Cole, Sean, that Joey Badass, J.I.D. Ended up being Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist. I know you, you weren't really feeling this uh, when you, we found out it was Freddie Gibbs. I personally am a big Freddie Gibbs fan. Um, I didn't think this was as good as Bandana with Mad Lib. But this was really good. Uh, there's a dope Tyler Creator verse on there. Um, there's a really good Rick Ross verse on there. Um, he put two members of Griselda on there, the Shady group. 
who are really up and coming on the coke rap side of things, the trap game shit. Um, so it's good. It's a it's a dope little listen to if you. I did I did listen to this album. The Tyler the Creator song was fucking awesome. Hell yeah, hell yeah, something to rap about. Yeah, it's very. Then, was it the Frank Luke? I like the Frank Lucas one a lot too. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah, so a little bit on the music front. Um, not a lot going on in sports right now, but we can kind of talk about it. Um, first of all, will there be sports in 2020? Um, you probably have more background knowledge on this. Uh, what's the latest with MLB and NBA? The last I heard with NBA is, are they still planning to play out of Orlando in like one spot? Yeah. Um, so there's some worry that quite a few of the teams, uh, have a large number of players that have COVID already. Um, they're supposed to be heading to Orlando, I think, in like a week or two um, to start like training camp and stuff. So I think the more that's come out, the more it's kind of scared the NBA where they felt really good like a couple weeks ago, um, especially with Florida surging in the number of cases uh, for COVID. Um, so I worry about the NBA because the NBA is the one sport where they'll walk away like they They'll care more about the player's safety than, than making some money. So um, I still think we get the NBA, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Baseball, baseball's been a shit show, man. Baseball has cost themselves. If they would have just figured something out like a month ago and started playing, can you imagine the ratings baseball would be getting right now? Right. I mean, they've, they've screwed themselves. So um, I think they maybe agreed to like a 60-game season or something like that. Um, oh, and str- because I thought last time I heard it was back and forth between 60 and 70 game. But then, so now they did agree on a 60? I, I think that's what I saw. Okay. Um, I mean, it's been so back and forth, like, it's hard to keep up with, so. Yeah, so it says 39 minutes ago. Uh, they agreed to a 60-game season, and their opening day is set for July 24th. There you go. Breaking news on our entertained podcast, so. Might get a little bit of MLB on here. Uh, what do you think? Baseball, about- baseball. It'll be interesting to see. Like a team could basically like get hot for a week or two and like make the playoffs, even though like in a 162 game season they'd suck. So, so baseball, it'll be interesting to see what a short season does to it. Yeah. My whole thing. So like, if you want to think about it on terms of like a high school level, like going back. How the hell are they going to play football and basketball? Baseball, like baseball and softball, I can see a little bit because it's a little more spread out. Yeah. But football and basketball, you're literally on top of each other. You're spitting, you're sweating on each other, you're bleeding on it. Like, how the hell are they going to do that? It's crazy. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't see like a high school football season happening. I really don't. Exactly. And th- you can even you know, talk about, like, how are they going to have, like, elementary school, like, those kids are touching different utensils and, you know, all the time. It's crazy. Um, Looking the fences and shit. Right, right. It's it's crazy. Um, But on a bigger scale, I guess, college football and pro football, it seems like they are the most adamant, like, they want it to happen. I don't know if I agree with it should happen. Um, or I don't know. So my family got Notre Dame, uh, season tickets for football before all the COVID hit. What a year. Exactly. So from what we have heard, 
season ticket holders and student tickets get first like dibs basically. So it sounds like they are still planning on having it. And I think it's going to be half capacity and they're going to spread people out and it's just going to be students and season ticket holders, but still, so there's that. So that's social distancing. Yes. But you still have the players who are on top of each other. And also they have to prepare for a game. How the hell are they going to prepare when literally like every team is coming out and saying we have like so many cases of COVID, you know, it's crazy, man. I, 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 I don't know. I have serious doubts that football gets played at least collegiately. Like NFL, I could see if they don't, they don't give a shit. They just want to make money, but college football, man, I, I struggle to see how it gets fixed. Right. Cause there's going to be some schools that just like point blank, like can't afford all of the testing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like, what do you do if you're getting ready for a big conference game and Ian book gets sick? Like you're just screwed. Right, right, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it'll be fascinating. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays and out. Might drive up uh, the price for season tickets, though. You might be able to sell those tickets uh, a little markup. There you go. Flexing on them. <laughs> um, all right, I guess the last thing we can talk about, if you want to, um, there have mm-hmm. been some 30 for 30s that have been rolling out. Uh, obviously, the, the big one was the last dance. Um, I think that had that started the last time. I don't think it started. I, I think I think it had just started. Okay, it just started. Okay, so now obviously it's finished. We can talk a little about that. Um, there's also a Lance Armstrong one. Um, I know there was a Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch that one, but there was also um, Long Gone Summer, the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire race for the home runs. We both watched that, so we can kind of talk about all those if we want. Um, first, did look, you watch both parts of the Lance? I didn't. I haven't watched the second part. Yes. Okay. So we we watched the same exact thing. So I watched part one. Okay. Yeah. That one was just kind of like whatever. Like we've heard this before. There's nothing like earth shattering here. I thought he was pretty upfront and like he he wasn't like lying about it. You know what I mean? He he. I mean maybe. I don't know. I mean, he said he did it and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the last dance because I want to get your take on it. My my take is like I I enjoyed it, um, but I, I think it's easy to compare to the OJ series. Um, that one I, I don't think that that might be the best documentary of all time in my mind. Um, sports or not sports, it was so compelling, so good, and maybe it's just because like it was just a little bit before our time, whereas the last dance was our time and i mean we were still young but i just i remember everything about mj and seeing everything about mj so it felt like i i feel like i didn't learn a lot of new things whereas the oj one i was like blown away episode after episode this Mm -hmm. one fun things that i didn't know but like i didn't feel like super compelled it was fun to relive it yeah, I think, like, the cool thing about The Last Dance was, like, the behind-the-scenes footage and different, like, stories they were able to tell with all of that information. Right. Uh, so I thought that stuff was pretty cool. And then just the, like, brunt honesty from MJ was really, really cool. Uh, all of his interviews, I thought, were just – the one – I forget what it was when uh, – it was one of the end of the episodes where, like, he's talking and he's like, 
talking about how competitive he is, and then he's like, okay, cut, or right. like, let's take a break or something. Like, that was incredible to watch. Right. Um, was that the so, one? Yeah. Was, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Was that the one where they started to talk about the gambling, and he said, his, his quote was, um, I don't have a gambling problem, I have a competition problem, and they were talking about, like, the competition. That I don't might have been. Of it, but I feel like that's probably, yeah. Yes. So, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think this documentary works if you don't get MJ. So, oh, fact- yeah, no, I mean, he had to sign off on it. So it literally wouldn't have happened without right. him. But good for him for being willing to being as open and honest as he was. Um, he did control the thing. So it's a little bit of a, you know, love fest to Michael Jordan, which, I mean, appropriately so. Um, but it was fascinating. And, like, it came at a perfect time. I like- mean... Also, I'm really glad ESPN allowed it to be unedited. I wish they would do more stuff like that. Yes, 100%. You know I'm all for that. Uh, (laughs) I just just thought it was was awesome. Like, the world seemed to stop that Sunday night. Everyone was watching it. It was all over Twitter. It was was a fun moment. Uh, So that was super cool. Uh, So we we both watched only one episode of Lance. I liked it. Um, I mean – it was okay. I, I like that it was unedited, and it seemed like most of the people were speaking their minds and not really holding anything back. Um, maybe it, the second part was different. Um, I, I have a I have a lot of thoughts on the long gone summer one though, um, yeah. and I think I think our thoughts kind of align. But um, for me, I mean, we both we are huge Cubs fans. I think we both loved Sammy Sosa growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we even both like Mark McGuire growing up, um, yep. even though we were Cubs fans. Um, Literally in my room, which was like all decked out in Cubs, my light switch on my room was Mark McGuire. Oh, yeah. Okay. See? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were just icons. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, it was so again, like the last dance, it was super fun to relive those memories because that we were there for and were like aware for. So it was really cool to go back and relive those moments. But I thought, like like you said when we were texting about it when it when it first uh, premiered, I thought that they could have it, it could have been more hard hitting. They barely touched on the steroid stuff. It was really ten minutes. It, yeah, it was ten or fifteen minutes at the very end of it. Um, they barely touched on it. It was really more so about the chase for the home runs. Which that's cool. Um, I just felt it would have been a lot more compelling if they asked the hard questions and. Uh, did they even ask? Did you take steroids? To say. Even, did they ask? Did they ask it? They, those words, I don't think so. They may have like, out like, danced around it and asked them. Yeah, how, like, how is that not the very first question when you sit down to interview them about this documentary? How's the first question? It literally should have started. Like, picture it. Ready? We're getting ready to do it. ESPN 30 for 30 presents. The very first question, without, like, any fun sound or anything, should have been both of them sitting down and then point blank, did you take steroids? That should have been how the documentary started. So let me me ask you this. So they they do say that, right? And then Sammy admits it. Because let's – I mean, he probably did, right? I mean – it's all speculation, but let's just say he did. Then it could have been a moment that, okay, um, 
Wrigley and the Cubs organization. He's admitted it. Let's welcome him back. You know, we all want to see that. Um, Because the last thing you see is like Sammy Sosa hasn't been welcomed back to Wrigley Field, blah, blah, blah. Um, So, I mean, if they were to hit those hard questions and get him to say more things, maybe it would have opened that door a little bit more. Uh, I do remember watching it. Like, I don't remember the specific question the, the camera guy asked Sammy. But Sammy danced around it so hard. He was like, I don't even remember the What's it matter? What's it matter? Yeah, he said, everybody's doing these things. Why does it have to be me? I was just like, that's the dumbest answer. Um, Also, I have to say, I'm sorry for the Mark McGuire fans out there, but the man has zero personality. If Uh, he had an ounce of personality, the documentary would have been a little bit more fun. But, man. Sammy has so much personality, and they didn't. He got 10% of the time that Mark McGuire got. And clear, so I don't know if you watched the a little bit before the documentary premiered, but the yeah. director said he was a Cardinals fan. You could clearly see he was a Cardinals yeah. fan. Um, it was a love fest for Mark McGuire. Oh, I, yeah. They were showing him getting the Cardinals Hall of Fame and people right. crying. I was like, spare me. <laughs> this is coming from two Cub fans, so we have to admit that. But <laughs> Still. No, I know, I know. And then all the Cardinals beat writers were out here, like, fucking making excuses for him, like, oh, there were no rules and no limits back then. Yeah, he took an illegal fucking drug. Like, do you, do you, if he were out snorting cocaine, would you also say that? Well, technically, Major League Baseball doesn't test for cocaine. Right. Yeah, it's still fucking illegal drug. Like, I don't know what's so hard about that to fucking understand. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, the it, documentary, it was just structured. It was structured poorly. They yeah. showed like 12 home runs. They did this weird thing where it would be like, at the beginning, it was like, all right, McGuire on this date had 12 home runs. And then they would like move on to something. And then they would be like, oh, Sosa just did a bunch of home runs at this date. He's got this many. Like It should have been like, all right, through the first three weeks, here's Sosa's, here's McGuire's. And okay, also, through the next, like, six weeks, here's Sosa, here's McGuire. Like, they didn't show, like, where we were at until, like, the very, very end. Right. And also, I mean, more so towards the beginning of the documentary, but uh, Ken Griffey, they had his countdown on. I, they, it would have been cool to get him in on, on this documentary to get his yeah. thoughts. Right? Like, why the hell wasn't he included? And how do you not get more of their teammates and be like, did you know that Sammy or Mark were cheating? Right, like, right. Like, right. they didn't ask anybody. They, they had one Cubs pitcher on, and all he talked about was giving up the last one to McGuire. Like, they just – it. the director didn't do a great job. It was structured poorly. Like, like I said, it was super fun to relive it, but it could have been a lot better. So. It could have been so much better. Right. All right. Well, I think uh, that's that's it. Uh, it's 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 a long one, but we appreciate you hanging on and sticking with us. Uh, we're gonna hope we're hopefully gonna do this more on a monthly basis. Like we said, we wanted to kind of take a hiatus and reflect and uh, let the social sphere be about what it needs to be about. And uh, but we we like to provide a little light, and we're happy that you stuck with us for the hour and 45 minutes that this uh, happened. So thank you. This is Trey Lesley of the Dawn of Entertainment, Brandon Ogden, Consulary. This is Are You Entertained? And we'll be back.
for more. Be well. <laughs>